Welcome to the Better Business, Better Life podcast with Stuart Wilkinson and Dave Jacks. Welcome, Dave, from Cold Christchurch. Yeah, it snowed <laughs> again. Is it because you've moved to Christchurch that it's decided to get really, really cold since you moved there? Yeah, it's quite interesting. I'm probably still in the novel stage where people are like, oh, no, I'm like, this snow. is cool. Wonderful. Florence wants to get outside, yeah. more snow on the mountains. This is all going, but there's definitely other people are in the office who are like, no, Dave. We, we want summer. Out. Let's put it on summer. We want summer now. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's we kind of, you get to October, you think, oh, yeah, it's time for, a, after a very wet winter. But anyway, Dave, we've, uh, today's episode uh, for the listeners, we decided to do a bit of update of what's been in the news. We haven't done one of these in a while. And it comes off the back of um, the yeah. Reserve Bank uh, <coughs> announcing a, an increase in the official cash rate, which we'll go into. Uh, but we also want to kind of talk a little bit around um, some of the government stuff, proposed legislation, um, the fair pay agreements, and also the income insurance scheme, which has been touted, not passed into legislation yet, but all has direct relations on businesses and business owners and, and things just to be aware of that might be coming. So we'll talk about that. Um, we might also get onto Zero uh, release their Zero Business Insights, which is kind of a snapshot of the trends they're seeing across all Zero users, which is a really good sample set. Like we have 300 or 1,000 businesses use Zero, so it's a really good indicator. And there's some interesting stuff in there as well. Um, and... You know, linking that with Dave's had some conversation with some banks recently as well uh, with business bankers. And so kind of marrying that up of what they're seeing of what's coming up. Um, and we're going to try and keep this short and sna- snappy, um, aren't we, Dave, today? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. But I think also, you know, it's one of those ones, isn't it? It can sound very doom and gloom, but the honest truth Correct. is information is power, isn't it? And knowledge is power. So actually understanding this stuff rather than burying your head will give you the opportunity to either be in front of it or it will give you the opportunity to leverage Correct. it for your benefit, which is always the Correct. key thing, I Correct. think, isn't it? So the, the first part, um, the first section, official cash rate. So we're, we're recording this on Thursday, the 6th of October. So yesterday, the 5th of October, um, we got a um, Adrian Orr announced another um, significant increase in the official cash rate, 50 basis points, or 0.5. And so we're now sitting at 3.5 um, percent for the official cash rate and this i guess is still to counter inflation um which is still for the june quarter which is last reported quarter of inflation i think uh, was 7.3 percent so you know we, we, we i think in all in us all of us in our daily lives whether it's in our in business or personally are experiencing obviously increases in prices um I think it's interesting now that the petrol one has actually come down and we're still experiencing price increase. I think everyone will be blaming petrol for a long time. And anyway, that's another story. Um, but obviously this has ripple effects into the cost of lending, the cost of your mortgage potentially, um, and just you know what, how much more. Now, the thing that Adrian Orr was kind of clear of is this probably won't be the last of those these increases. Like it's... That they they were contemplating going harder at 0.75. They decided not to. So, you know, it is obviously we're in an environment where they're still wanting to get inflation under control and have concerns. That's also balanced, and I'm not going to get into too much of this because I don't understand it fully, but the fact that the New Zealand dollar is a little bit down and weak at the moment, and that obviously has flow-on effects for importing and exporting costs at the moment. So there's also concerns around that. So um, there's a summary. Dave, thoughts? Um, well, I guess I guess I think we all knew 
that we were going to be at these high interest rates by now, but I think we all probably hoped that yeah. we're going to be starting to break the back of it. And unfortunately, that's not quite the case. Um, however, if you kind of saw it coming and you did take take it on board, you should yep. be in a reasonably good position. So if you haven't taken it on board and you haven't got things kind of sorted out, potentially reducing mm. debt levels or locking debt levels in, like you do need to do it. Like it's yeah. not going to get better than today. <laughs> it's, it's gone, gone, a, it's gone yeah. a year ago where we were um, like, oh, it will get cheaper. So I'll hang on like though. No. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, you know, hopefully like it looks like the housing market is yep. starting to kind of turn um, and things like that, which will kind of start to kick back in, which is good. However, it's not changing the fact that effectively people are still spending a lot of money. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You link it to the, the zero insights that we saw that they're still seeing strong sales growth across small business, um, which is interesting. They're seeing um, increases in uh, wages. They're seeing increases in number of jobs. So, you know, there's still people investing, but I guess in some ways that's where if you see increasing wages, that is some of that is inflationary activity because you know we've got you know i don't know how many clients you speak to dave on a daily basis and the one thing they all talk about is wage um skill shortages and not having the right people and not enough people like it's still a problem it's a massive problem for a lot of people um i was catching up yeah. with someone yesterday and they are uh, involved very much in the sales industry and work a lot in the b2b sales industry and have a contact with a lot of different companies in there and they said getting salespeople now is borderline impossible good salespeople um and these they were saying yeah. that you're seeing people that were on sort of 80 to grand getting offered 120 sort of stuff and so the skills are hard and you know then and so you're countering that so but i think that, as you said dave i guess this is the it's the, the decisions you now have to kind of make on um whether it's you have overdraft facilities going into a slower time of the year potentially with christmas that that might be a little bit more expensive planning for that or investments you're going to make and, and still going ahead but being being really clear on what my rate's going to be in planning for that but it's just being a bit more thoughtful and as you said dave planning yeah. really yeah i feel like you know we are having a bit of a perfect storm when it comes to particularly for new zealand compared to a lot of other countries around the world like we yeah. did delay opening our borders from a, a covid point of view so we opened into winter which was quite calculated to like mm. obviously reduce the influx of visitors however it's meant that when we've got that very migrant population you know we're not going to get an influx of people till we start hitting the summer months and they're going to be the people who are going to backfill through those kind of you know, front of yeah. house, hospo staff, retail staff, all of those kind of things. So those guys are still struggling. Um, and that kind of has a ripple yep. effect up the ladder, yep. doesn't it? Across the ladder, up the ladder, sideways, downways. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, we need some more, more of that working force coming into the country. And hopefully we're only a couple of months away from that. Um, you know, and then you double that down with a lot of people are kind of coming out of those cash flow loans now, coming out of those terms. So they're kind of starting to get hit with yeah. repayments and interest rates that it's all all setting itself up nicely. Um, that actually now's a good time to make sure that you're being extremely smart. Like one of the biggest things I've been particularly working with with my clients is are all of your yeah. assets actually returning? Because if they're not, now yep. is the time to look at moving them. Yep. Or 
don't buy them unless it's actually going to give you a direct return yeah. reasonably yeah. quickly. Because um, you don't want to be carrying those debts. It's not worth it right now. You know, you're just yeah. paying too much yeah. on the dollar. I think it's really good board. advice, Dave. And I think, look, I think, you know, what probably people, more, I guess, the sense is, uh, are people wary of this? Yeah, they are. But I think they're, they're more concerned around how, how can I f- fulfill my capacity as a business with just not having the people I guess is what I got a sense of there's just a bit of a worry about that Um, my my top tip and Dave will uh, probably echo this is we've talked about this in another podcast and it might seem a little bit out there um, but targeting skilled people from overseas particularly the UK at the moment would there'll be a lot of people in the UK at the moment bearing on the absolute cluster that place is at the moment that will be seriously looking at other options so um, I, we laugh, but I reckon there'll be a bunch of people that six months ago would never thought about move leaving. I think I think we're allowed to. Oh, yes, but Zealand, you know, I guess there it. is other parts of the world where are that there's more going on, and you know, uh, where it's cost of living is going up significantly, um, pressures on businesses are going up significantly. So there'll be people starting to question a little bit, a few things. So you know, whether you're in the construction sector looking for yeah. you know plumbers chippies whatever it might be there'll be a bunch of people from the uk who go mm, maybe it's time to look at something different and bring it yeah correct because um, it's yeah. that would definitely help ease those employment yeah. shortages and no. it's not as hard as you think is the one thing i would say to all of you it's like speak to immigration and have a chat with them because actually um they're there to help and from my point yeah. of view doing it in the past yeah uh, and you can get probably, and also you're not competing purely then on wage. You're that you know they're they're coming for family, they're coming for lifestyle, they're coming for you know sanity in a government. Um, yeah. uh, is you know is sorry that's my little rant about what the conservatives are into the country. Um, is is you know it's different things and and an opportunity, and you probably can get some really skilled people. Um, different skill sets potentially you might be tapping into then in your local market um, experience that you're looking for at a reasonable rate um, who can hit the ground running and add real value to your business. Um, so just think about it, I think. Yep. Not going to work for everyone. And they're liable to be sticky because they'll have Correct. to be effectively signed yeah, two, two, two for years. at least two yep. years as part of their kind Correct. Of contract setup. Yeah. Um, so like just quickly going back to kind of in assets and kind of interest rates on loaning and things like that you know we've kind of spoken about that negative side of it from a point of view of now's a good time to be paying down debt and this is something that everybody needs to actually consider because it's got to sit in line with your target market yeah, true. And whether they're still buying so if they're potentially outside of that squeeze middle but if you're in a good spot now is a good time to also take those opportunities Correct. and step up on your competition, which is something that I've also been speaking with businesses about. Like, if you're in a good spot, maybe it's the time to take on that extra asset so that you can deliver a new service. So either increase the cost of sale per customer or increase yeah. the frequency or increase the speed that you're doing things at so that you can actually leverage it. So, you know, controlled risk is good but you just got to understand where things are going in the future. Um, and if you are getting squeezed, yeah, it's definitely the time yeah, to reduce Yeah, completely agree with that. But you've got to understand your numbers, which we talk about all, all over <laughs> the podcasts. But, you know, yep. just factoring it in and 
you know, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, Dave, because I think there is, there's me some businesses that start to struggle a little bit, whether it's they've got too much debt and it's starting to get too pricey, whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, you may be in a situation where you've got a great team, you've got your business model really cranking, you've, your margins are com- still good, you know, or you're, you're, you're comfortable where they're at. And you're like, well, I've got a great ability. I'm not carrying any debt, so I've got a great ability to push forward and expand. And yeah, I think you're right, Dave. I think it's very easy to maybe go a bit insular now, whereas for some businesses, that's the opportunity to take that next step and seize more market share or diversify in something that, um, like I've got a client at the moment and they are, they're, they've been very uh, consumer focused, like retail focused, but have had a little bit of wholesale on the side and but now they're seeing that's the way they want to go and can really take their business level so they're really working out their strategy on doing that so you know it's it's not time to be shy i think if you've got great product great service you can you can leverage that well it's all about controlled risk isn't it and um i hate to say it but like in these kind of times the rich get richer or or the bold get richer one of the two um so I think you've just got to work out whether you can sit yourself in that camp for whichever reason. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and so I think, look, um, there was a lot in there for section one, but I think, you know, you know there is, there's a lot of moving parts, whether it's, you know, uh, your interest rates or whatever, market conditions, but I think it's sitting down, and I know we're in a period of time now of the year where it's kind of a bit head down and just get through the Christmas, but if you, if you know you've got uh, a... a renegotiating your finance maybe coming in the next two months like start to sit down and think about it now okay what's it potentially going up to can i fix early and get a better rate now knowing that it might increase or the banks might increase in the next few months whatever it might be talk to your banker about what do they need to see early so you can start to get that prepared work with your accountant maybe it's more because the banks from what i you, you spoke to bankers yesterday dave and I, i'm not as exposed yeah. to um this but the thing I'm getting is they are asking a few more questions, shall we say, um, through the lending yeah. process. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was quite interesting, actually. I had a real good catch-up with um, with one of the senior partners at BNZ down here in Christchurch. And um, we were kind of just chatting about kind of common trends and things like that. And they're definitely getting pretty tight on lending now. Um, there's a few things that they're particularly looking for, and that's just making sure that you're not over-leveraged. Uh, mm. They want to see that you've actually been setting yourself up over the past few years for this kind of situation you know did you see the first wave of COVID come through and then backlog like back up your kind of restore yeah. some money behind you before the second wave came um have you been paying down debt have you been sticking money aside and the other real big interesting thing that i thought was quite um prominent for him to actually say was the fact that actually now they're actually looking for businesses where they've got business advisors in place um, and they're, oh, doing so they're looking at who's around know, them. Yeah, they're looking at the support team around the business owners who are looking for this lending because they know that, you know, they might be great at their service deliveries. You know, we'll take Joe Bloggs who does roofing, but actually, have they got the financial acumen to be doing what they're doing and take on this extra loan or whatever? And they're looking to see yeah. if they've got like that structure around them to kind of fill the knowledge holes, so that you know, correct, likely to dig a bit deeper provide better terms if they feel secure um yeah and i think yeah, without touting and selling ourselves here um but it doesn't mean when it's us or your, your current accountant or whoever but it i guess this is a time when you know at least once a quarter just be sitting down with your accountant talking through your, your numbers where they're at keeping an eye a couple of important numbers of the, if relevant for your business but things like gross profit your profit 
revenue trends, all that kind of good stuff. But just make sure you've got good oversight. What's what's going on with cash? Where the bottlenecks are potentially? How you can free that up? Just talking through any pain points you might be having. Just it's just just being on it in some way. Just yeah. knowing where you're at. What's important is important. And I think it's really important. And this is something I've spoken to a couple of my clients and about. But I also know Ethan is currently dealing with one as well. It's um, believe it or not, when you go and speak to the bank, you are speaking to a human. So you actually need... <laughs> Good point. Do you know what I mean? It's like, actually, you need to sell them the story. You need to explain yeah. where you're at, like why you're potentially looking for some lending, how, show them how you've set yourself up over the past 12 months. Uh, actually explain, this is what it's going to do for my business yeah. in detail because these guys aren't business owners. You're not talking to someone who knows everything about business. You know, yeah. they are professional bankers so they're great at potentially writing credit and things like that but they don't necessarily know like the nuances of owning a business and how this is directly going to impact you and your circumstances so remember that you're not just sticking numbers on a page you actually need to create the whole picture yep. and the story for them tell the story why why things have happened what 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 you're doing to mitigate any any issues you've got in your business but um, also talking about potential growth opportunities that you're trying to maximize yeah. and, and really, yeah. yeah. If you just go in there and go, here's my P&L and they go, okay, like, cool, it's a set of numbers. Like, there's a story behind those numbers, I guess. Yeah, and you need to like, you actually need to present that to them. Um, and I think that's really important to remember. It's not just a case of like, what's very clear in your head might not be very clear to them. Correct. And I think it's when they go, okay, I can see in for the second quarter of the year, your margin drip dropped by 5%. If, if you go, oh, I don't know why, that's not the right answer. If you go, hey, this is what happened. Um, I had, a, had to get some urgent stock from overseas, so I had to pay extra shipping costs. So that hate into my margin. So I took that hit to make sure I could supply. They're going to be like, cool, get it. Like, that's good. But if you yeah. don't, anyway. All right, we're short and snappy, Dave. We said short and snappy on our topics. And I feel like first, we've done right. so we're at 18 minutes, and I think we've done two. We're at 18 so minutes. It's not too bad. Claiming that. Yeah, it's good. So, uh, second two topics um, I've done a bit of research on, and um, we'll start with uh, the income insurance scheme, which is Grant Robinson's little pet project, from what I can tell. Uh, in essence, what they are doing, and it's kind of similar to ACC, is the model they're looking at is. Um, they want to put a safety net in for workers that if people get made redundant or if it's for a health issue, so which is where it borders a little bit into ACC, there, there is a safety net of payments, um, 80% of your salary, which is capped depending on, you know, if you're earning millions, it won't be that. But so, so you get that for, um, I think it's six months is what they're doing, 80% of your salary is six months. So similar to you see this through back like like insurance companies offer this already like redundancy of insurance all that kind of stuff so how it would work is very similar to your acc levies or, or um income is that or kiwi is probably the, the other one that's quite similar to is the proposal is that the employee and the employer will both contribute 1.39 percent of all earnings from their employment to the income insurance scheme and in return employees will receive the following a requirement to have four weeks notice of redundancy, which is normally the law. An additional yep. four weeks pay at 80% from the employer. This is called the bridging payment. So there's a straightaway cost that would be extra. If you made someone a re re redundant, 
You don't just have to give them four weeks' notice. You then have to pay the following four weeks before the six months kick in at 80%. So if it's... So, and they're not going to be in the business working at this time. They've gone. No, they've gone. So effectively, you're paying out an extra four weeks' holiday on top of whatever they've yeah, got. Kind of if like, you yeah, wanted to look at it like that. Oh, and if they've got leave balances, that would be on top of this, remember, Dave? Um, yeah. uh, and then from that, up to six months' pay on up to 80% of their normal earnings subject to a cap. Um, this can be extended. However, there's expectation that the individual seeking employment, which is kind of then into, you know, social security kind of stuff. Anyway, so why are we talking about this? Um, the, the, the key thing is that this would be a cost for business owners. Um, so it doesn't matter if you've got one staff, 20 staff, 100 staff. Is This isn't like KiwiSaver where it's optional. You know, if an individual doesn't want to go on KiwiSaver, cool, they don't have to go on KiwiSaver. Um, you know, obviously it's becoming more and more opt out which is a good thing for our futures um but this is very much this would be exactly like um uh, acc in the set that there's no room for negotiation you have got an additional cost uh to the business um and whether that's ongoing or whether through the redundancy process what they're trying to do is obviously put safety nets in, in place for employees um you know, we can. I, I, it's it's interesting um, because obviously we have in there's, there's not been some great feedback to be brutally honest on about it because obviously people have current insurance schemes themselves and they're like, well, what does that mean? I've been paying this for X amount of years, my own redundancy insurance, whatever. What's it mean for that? The second thing is how does this then fly into um, social sort of security payments that you have through benefits and stuff which are there already? So how does that work? But also thirdly we're in a very tight labor market at the moment so for most people yeah i get it, it's very daunting if you lose your job but if you're a builder for example and you lose your job you probably can get some building work pretty quickly so and it's in a time when costs are getting ramped up on on businesses so overall it's still in legislation stage there's no guarantee that it can go through but they seem very committed to this um yeah. but there is a concern that this is um, very similar, um, you know, to you know, it concerns. It's another cost for businesses, in short. It is. It's really interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting time from that point of view. Of uh, all I can think of is, it's you know, is this the straw that breaks the camel's back, or was it the last one, or is it? Do you know what I mean? There's just this constant barrage of like new things coming in, extra public holidays. So you know, yes, it's only one point three percent that you've got to contribute, it's probably not going to sink anyone. Yeah. However, but yeah, it all adds up, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? You add that on Correct. top of, you add that in with an extra day of like public holidays. Um, and the bit that has always intrigued me coming from being a business owner is where do they think the money's going to come from? Because at the end of the day, it just changes the salaries that you offer. Correct, which we started. Yeah. You started to see with KiwiSaver, like, like KiwiSaver was part of the package rather than you know, and some employers yeah. got a bit fancy so like, around that. Let, let's, let's kind of take it to something that I know, just kind of to make things be clear here. So, what inflation has been rife this last twelve months? Yep. Yep. Physiotherapy is primarily supported a lot by ACC, so you obviously bill ACC. ACC did not go up anywhere near as much as inflation in their payments. Yeah. Yeah. So, how are we meant to? not that it's we me anymore how are they meant to then roll that onto staff salaries because you only have so many billable hours a year 
Correct. Yeah, so you have so many billable hours, which is maxed out. You then take an extra day away from those billable hours with more public holidays. Um, ACC doesn't match inflation in the payments that you're receiving from them. So there's a finite amount of billable time. And now we've got to take another 1.3% out of it and contribute it into another pot. Correct. safeguard this four weeks. You know, it actually potentially just takes away from the disposable cash that the employees are going to have. Yeah, and I think, look, the other part to this is, look, do you want to make sure that if people lose their jobs that they, they don't get into a, a bad situation? Of course, no one wants that in life. But let's be pretty frank about this. Some companies need to, whether it's a financial need, they need to make a redundancy of ABCD, or because... Um, you know, part of their business um, is transitioning into it's an old world business model or whatever. They actually transition into a new business model. I, I think it's all very well giving safety net, but part of this is kind of missing the point for me around the fact that one, we should be incentivizing businesses to uh, give additional training to move them into more skilled or future skilled work, for example. Because I get it, like we see it all the time. Our, X person uh, factory in somewhere is closing down because the Australians have moved it or some global company. I get that is a you know a catastrophic thing for a lot of the communities that we get you, know, you that are supported by that entity or whatever. But there's that scale, and there's Bob's ABC Consulting Limited's got ten employees. He's lost his biggest client. I've got to make like yeah. So he's got all this cost for May that he's got to do that is funding this scheme and yeah it might support his employee but what happens if you never make someone redundant there's also a bunch of people that will never make people redundant because they they've got they've got sound staff they've got good business model yeah. and it's it's so it, it's it's chalk and, and cheese i think when you've got small business businesses trying to get hit for the first four weeks when they're most likely to potentially go out if they need to make decisions quick they've got to fund it yeah yeah, and but then potentially they're going to kind of get hit for that first four weeks, which is likely when they're going to be out finding jobs. So it won't actually roll on to the funding pool potentially that quickly. And also the big question I'd love to know is, surely there's some industries that it's like, now nah, we're not going to fund you because we know you can walk into work. You just need to be pushed. Well, well, yeah, like, well, so correct. Like, let's, take, let's take accounting right now. Accountants are like short. Support. Yeah, it, yeah, correct. Yeah. You're not going to, you might have One you of might these, be six weeks. But well, it probably wouldn't even be that realistic, no. would it? Like realistically, if you want to get a job, in, you get a job. If you wanted a job, you could go start one in next week. That's like Pretty the honest truth of it. It might not be where you want it to be. It might not be your ideal job, but you could get yourself a good paycheck. But and, and, are this you going to do that if you know that you can sit at home on eighty percent? Exactly. The right job. And and this, and this is what Grant Robinson said, and I think this is where it gets really frustrating. Is uh, we've also learned lessons from COVID-19. One of those is that just as it occurred after the Canterbury earthquakes and the GFC, like you're putting in three very different situations there, the government found itself having to put in place ad hoc measures to protect the income of New Zealanders who had lost their jobs. What did they do for the GFC? What, I'm, benefits? I'm just going to say I don't know because I was... And what did they do for... Cash? Anyway, sorry. We did this with the COVID income release payments of COVID... At the urging of Business New Zealand and the Council of Trade Unions, well, Business New Zealand have pulled out of this, actually, we have committed to the development of a social unemployment scheme. I just, yeah, I just think you're trying to... But then, then what's social welfare there for? Like, at some point, if you're really struggling, there is, the, there is means. And so 
are you trying to just get someone else to foot the bill for the through social welfare anyway so uh, we could rant for a while as you can tell we're probably not the fans of this um I just think it's terrible timing. Like what's going on in the economy, you know, inflationary prices, yeah. price rises for businesses, um, wage prices already pressured there, just another cost, not good timing. So that's that's the first piece of great news for the podcast um, today. It, it, there is, you know, there is always silver lining. Like the, the other way of framing, I guess, slightly is part of it is they're just encouraging you to have money set aside, isn't it? Keep money locked oh, in. Oh, agreed. Locked in the bank. You know, how yeah. many... Yeah, and that's something that, like I spoke with yesterday when I was talking to other guys at BNZ, it's a case of one of the things they wanted to see between, say, the first lockdown and the second lockdown was, have you increased your bank balance to safeguard yourself? Because if you have or, or yeah, or rent off debt. Well, no, yeah, yeah. no, we're not, we're not going to help you out because you've been a moron. Yeah, you're living in a COVID world and you just kept spending money on stuff that you didn't necessarily need. And I think this is that similar thing, isn't it? They're basically saying, we need you... We got through COVID. We supported a lot of businesses, which no one can argue that they did. No, especially yeah, to start with. Um, but we actually need you to start safeguarding yourselves a little bit better than you did last time. Correct. Correct. So there's an element there that I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. I just think it needs to be kind of fine-tuned a little bit because there is industries where it's like, no. Yeah. Go next door and ask for a job. You're going to get one. Correct. And you've got, in, and I think you've got businesses who. Um, may not do any form of redundancies for years and years, and you don't know what's happening around the corner. But they're funding the paper mill in yeah. wherever that closes down. Like I, I just and, don't. And I like, it's, maybe the business should have to pay a month of staff salaries if the person makes it to six months of unemployment. Or do you know what correct. I mean? Correct. So it's kind of like, yeah. well, actually, I'll pay a month, but I pay, or I pay one week per month. Only if they get months, to the worst or, case. Yeah. Yeah rather than actually you're going to get hit to start with when they're probably going to be off the entire time. Because, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think there's just better ways they can frame it where actually it keeps the pressure on people to go and find work, which is what needs to happen. Correct. And, but I, I also think that, oh, that's not, you know, no, let's, just, let's move on to the next <laughs> gem. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, you can spot the so I, I've had a little bit exposure, going. yeah, a little bit exposure to this through um, some uh, relationships we've got with some industry bodies, um, but and it's been in the news. And this is our um, Michael Wood, um, Minister for Employment Relations, I think it's called uh, Fair Pay Agreements. So there's been pretty. This has been going on and simmering for a while, and I think it's in Select Committee or they're taking feedback or whatever they call it. Um, and this is sort of the industrial relations policy that the Labour have really been championing. Now, you're probably going on this podcast, I'm a business owner of 20 people or 15 people or five, or 50, whatever it is, what, what's that? And I'm in construction, we don't really have, in, 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 we don't really have um, trade unions or whatever. And you'd be right to think that. <laughs> However, the new legislation that is being <laughs> proposed by the government will change that dramatically. Um, in this, uh, in the show notes, I will link what is a really good three-pager from PwC Legal, which kind of gives you a really good overview of it. So we'll go in the headline acts, but it's kind of got a bit of the detail in it. And there's, with employment law and all this sort of stuff, there is some, there's some hefty detail with it. But in essence, what what are they proposing? So what the government proposing? Yet again, this is not legal yet; it's not passed into law. Is that 
industrial relations will become a lot more easier to trigger, not at just a business level, so hey, I'm an employee of the warehouse and I have problems with the warehouse, but industry-wide. Now, in the commentary around this, they've done the old usual spin of, oh, we just want to support people who've propped up the economy through the pandemics, who've not been looked after, like bus drivers and cleaners and stuff, which, by the way, are already quite uh, unionized nice, industries. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of not that. But what they're saying is 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 that a union sort of industrial relations um, uh, discussion can be triggered on an industry-wide basis. Okay, and how that can be be triggered is by the following: either ten percent of uh, that workforce or industry can, or a thousand employees. And you're like, oh well, that seems a lot. But I will paint a picture for you. Um, let's look at the retail industry first of all. What is retail? That's another discussion point. But you are thinking of people that could be Countdown, Warehouse, or Jane's Boutique in Timaru. What is being proposed is if 1,000 people go, hey, in the retail sector, we deserve, we want better wages. And it's not, by the way, I think the key part also, it's not just wages, it's working conditions can be compliant to this as well as a big part. So yeah, pay is predominant, no doubt. But working conditions could be hours. How often I'm working, um, certainty of those hours, the conditions of my work environment can be a big part of that and health and safety or COVID, you know, those sort of things can come into it now. But, you know, if I'm dealing with the public, it could be the public are being idiots and that's my working condition. So there's lots in that that can come into that. But if you think about it, if I'm Jane's Boutique in Timaru, who's probably more likely to be listening to this than the CEO of the warehouse, um, if you are listening to the warehouse, that'd be a really good kudos if you can rate us and give some feedback. Um, you would be brought into that 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 uh, industry-wide legislation or industrial relations. That would then most likely be, there would be a body that would represent the, the industry, which most likely would be someone like Retail NZ, who's the industry body, master electricians for the electrician stuff. But in essence, what why this suddenly can affect small business owners is your employees, whether they like it or not, to be honest, could be brought in to say, I'm James Boutique, I've got three staff, happy as Larry they worked for me for years and awesome suddenly you know a thousand people get together boom and we're into it the outcomes can affect what you do now you might be fine with the outcomes that's that's no problem but on the flip side you might not um, and so you're going to get brought into this big umbrella of discussion and so there's then this there's oh, there's all these things if you don't re- if there if there's not agreement between the union that represents those workers again by the way your employees might not even want to be part of this but tough luck um then there's a negotiation process as arbitration yeah. so it's just i guess what business owners need to be aware of is unionization i guess that you may have not even ever come into these um, contact with like certain industries you know you you get it and that's fine that's cool that's great but others you know construction's a good example a hospo really like doesn't really happen but it could um it might not um but it could and then obviously out of that comes standardized potentially potential pay rates working conditions which then would obviously be enforced from there well i think like quite an interesting thing to probably look at is that I know the nurses have just had quite a big one and then physiotherapists yeah. are up next. Um, and they're obviously, quite a lot of those are already unionised, particularly within the public health sector. Yeah. But watching what's going on there is probably quite an insight as to what is potentially going to come down the line. Because the truth is, 
if this goes through, it's going to be the random ones that get you. It's going to be, you know, like uh, reps, recognized exercise professionals. Do you know what I mean? They'll come in. And I'm going to say something which I hope is not the truth, but I have a feeling it will be. It's the fact of there's going to be a lot of lawyers and a lot of kind of those kind of union type areas. Well, they're going to get paid a lot of money for doing this work. So they are going to try and rally the troops up. Yep. And oh, unfortunately, God, yeah. they're going to be the ones who get rich, whether it goes through or doesn't go through. <laughs> yeah. I think we're probably lucky, Dave, that I don't imagine many trade unionists listen to our podcast. No. Well, we might get, not, we well, may get feedback. Things, we may go it? viral because of this. I don't know. It, it's a fine line, isn't it, between, yes, it does need to happen, you know, and maybe we're not aware of it because we're in an industry that's, like, paid pretty well. Um, however, I hope people do it for the right reasons. And that is the truth of it. Like a lot of these things are put in place to support people who do need support. I just hope that people don't take the piss. And I guess that goes back to exactly the last thing, doesn't it? You know, if people need to be supported because they got made redundant, awesome. But if they're not actually actively looking for a job when they can walk outside and get one. Exactly. And, but that I mean? cost is but. And, yeah, and I think you're right. Issue, I think you're it? right. I think you're right, Dave. I think what I get frustrated with this, that it, Look, is there big business um, in some traditional industries or, you know, meatpacking industry or whatever, where working conditions are questionable? Um, you know, are they keeping up to market rates? Yes. And do representation make sense? That completely makes sense. Like, I get that. I completely get that. But I think what I struggle with here is we are in an environment where every conversation I have with a client, they are like, I need more stuff. And they are paying their staff well. Like yeah. it's in the Zero Business Insights, uh, wage growth or year on year for small business, August to August grew 6%. And it's been growing every quarter for the last year and a bit. Yeah. So it's not like small businesses are not trying to pay their staff more. They're trying to give more jobs or more, pl- more employ more people than they have have. And it's this essence that the employer is bad and so they must have some safeguards. Whereas a lot of em- employers that we deal with in our business, in the business community, we work with small business, their business is, they know their business is like, success is so much reliant on their staff that they look after them really, really well. They, I don't know what you're like, Dave, but the amount of people we've talked to, I've talked to recently about, oh, how does employee share schemes work? Or how can I make sure yeah. I retain staff? Is it like they want to really keep hold of their good staff? They pay them well. They know they're critical. But I also think, you know, you're talking about industrial relations of, of someone like the warehouse. And then they might clean it up a bit through this process um, t- versus Jane's Boutique. Well, cool. You're dealing with a public listed company that's got billions of dollars of profit versus Jane's Boutique who... Small business, 50% of small business any time are not cash flow positive. So I just, I'm, I'm really, I just think this broad brushstroke is I think it's dangerous for small business that we yeah, get put yeah, in totally. the same category. And look, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, the nurse is a great example where, you know, no one would, you know, my sister-in-law's a nurse and, you know, they, for all the work, the stories she tells me, I'm like, whoa, you should be paid a lot of more money. Um, and we all want that, you know, we get that, but yeah, a lot of small businesses are like they 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 try their best for their. And I'm not saying all business owners are cool people. Like some of them are dicks, and they, you know, and cool. But that's why in a tight labour market they'll be found out because people go, 
sweet as I'm off you know yeah it's um, quite an interesting thing isn't it it's like actually to a certain degree do you need to put something like a fair pay agreement in when the labour market's so short and people can walk out and get the pay that they need exactly. or want anyway it's kind of like Correct. it's a little bit of a thing isn't it however uh, I'll just jump in with my political two boots um, labour are going to do stuff like this whilst they've got the majority that they have and of I course guess you. Why the question you? is and this is where I get a little bit scared is if they feel like they're not going to get in, which it's not looking like they potentially will, are they really going to double down and go for this? Or are they going to pull it in the hope that they save some voters coming back? I just can't see yeah, anything other than one of those two options. It's one of the two ways, isn't it, in some ways? Yeah. But and I, if they double I, yeah. down and go for it... Oh. Yeah, I, I, you know... I, I hope I, they think it through. I doubt it, Dave, to be honest, because you ought to remember, like, you know part of the voting mechanism for the Labour Party is a trade union. So, you know, they fund them, half them. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I just, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, we, we're seeing more and more um, kind of standardisation around these sort of things. And I just think it's really hard. We're with, yeah, as you said, labour shortages, you know, companies who often are trying to do their very best for their employees do some great stuff um, in the sense of perks, add-ons whatever um extra leave you know i speak to a client you know, tuesday going to give them extra leave around october because i like the work so hard and so i'm going to give them extra leave you know added holidays you know so yeah you know you just kind of go well and, and business owners can like, know, also know what's best for their employees as well because they actually care about them as well potentially you know all those small things will be taken out well you, you know, know I, all I, the little exa- things good, that happen that you appreciate do you know what I mean? You'll start yeah. to see random stuff get taken if things become too, you know, will you lose flexibility within your working? Uh, the coffee machine and the coffee beans and everything else that they provide yeah, exactly. at work that isn't written in your contract, will that be removed because you got a dollar pay rise? Or, or you, you know what pay, I mean? they've got to pay for something else? It, yeah, it, exactly. Like, you know, it, you might it's like right way important to you. Yeah, like at right way, we do, we give family we give family health insurance to our employees and so it's and it's something graham who's our in our business is real passionate about but if other things get enforced whether it's the added costs for a national health uh, national insurance scheme well suddenly our wage bills got up 1.3 percent you know like so these other things might have to be looked at which obviously are really important parts for why some you know employees often value this stuff so i just think yeah it's i you know <laughs> What, what can we do about it? I don't really know. Um, I don't think Jacinda listens to this podcast um, or Grant or Michael Wood, um, probably. But I, I do think, again, as you said, Dave, it's just being prepared about what's potentially coming. I do know one thing I would recommend is, and I know Retail NZ, I don't Retail NZ are a client right away, so we deal with quite a lot of them. A lot of industry bodies are putting out specific information for their industry. And, and I've got, I know, um, if you're a member of Retail NZ, they're doing a bunch of webinars to kind of talk through the process and how it works and all that sort of stuff. So if if you need to get in contact with your industry body and they'll talk you through what they're, because they, they, a lot of them have been, have been in contact with government about lobbying either for or against this and talking through the issues about it. So they'll be really informed. So whether it's uh, reading articles on their website uh, or whatever, or um, information they put out, whether it's white papers or webinars and stuff. So really, yeah, encourage you to get in contact with the industry body and just find out what they, they're recommending. I'll put the link of a couple of articles I, I found. One was from Deloitte on the New Zealand Income Insurance Scheme from their tax team on that. Yeah. 
fair agreement agreements is from PwC Legal. It's really it's just simple, but it's kind of it gives you kind of an overview of it um, and sort of the process that could potentially flow through. Um, but yeah, just be prepared, and it's sort of that's what's coming. Just wonderful. Don't bury your head. Don't what's what's the good go. news, days? We yeah, we've got to we've got to talk about good news. Oh, I, I my good my 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 advice is look. We can all have a, a moan about this sort of stuff, but we can't control it, you know. Um, is Well, what, let's focus on, as you said, Dave, whether it's your lending or whatever or your plan of, of for your business, you can control that. You can control what you do today. You can control what you focus on, you know, I, I your think team, the only thing really to customers. remember is like, if any of these things do go through, it's on everybody. Yep. So you're yeah. not the only one. You're not being like victimized in that way. All small businesses will be feeling it. So that normally means that it will, you know, have swings and roundabouts. It will come back, or you know, this is kind of the one that I often see a lot. Is good businesses will still be good businesses. They just Correct. find other ways to operate. They look Correct. for opportunity. They keep good staff. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that doubles down. You know, at the end of the day, if you're a strong, sound business, then you're still going to be a strong, sound business. It's just yeah, things that I, need to be aware of. Yeah, and it might be coming. the I think fact that, you know, you roll these costs, these costs will get rolled on at the end of the correct. day. Correct. You're not going to be expected yeah. to absorb them. Nobody is. It's more it inflation, just, it Dave, just, is what well, you're saying. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's rise that cost. Let's rise the that biggest issue in our economy, again. we're just going to fuel it. Yeah. Um, but you're right, Dave. I think, look, <laughs> if you focus on, on hey, sh- strong, strong margins good profitability, good cash flow, you're in a much better position to absorb that. So focus on that, yeah. Definitely, you know, just, and like, always say it to everyone is like, just concentrate on where your opportunities are. Don't get bogged down in the weeds, keep your head up, know your numbers, look for opportunity, look for smart, sensible opportunity. And they'll be out there because for some people, this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But guess what? That just means there's a bigger market share for you, but you need Correct. to be in the right position to take it. Completely agree. All right, I think we'll sign off there, Dave. Yeah. Um, as usual, everyone, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please uh, do a review or a star or a thumbs up, depending on what platform you're listening to this on. Um, also, make sure you check out all our social media channels for any updates, um, whether it's on the podcast or other bits and bobs we, we, we release. And we'll catch you all next week. Yeah, cool. Uh, thank you very much.